today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Upright, number 12. Again, I just, by way of a reminder, this is a, a spiritual checklist to allow the Holy Spirit unfettered access to that recess in our hearts to search our hearts and see if there be any wicked way in us. Anything that needs to be set right and put in order. And such is the case with this one, upright. You know what this means? Being just and right in our dealings with people. Pastor J.D. will wrap up this checklist in Titus as he continues to ask the question today, are our affairs in order? Our motives, attitudes, and actions will give us clues for where we're falling short in this list. But by God's grace, he will complete the work that he started in us. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Titus chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. At a time and period in human history when we need to get our house in order, Listen to what Paul wrote to the church in Rome in chapter 13. I'll read verses 11 through 14. He says, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, rather Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. You walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, as a young believer, I never could quite wrap my mind around what that really looked like. What does that mean? Walk in the Spirit, you won't Fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, the Lord, as He's always so faithful to, really ministered to me what that really means. I see it like this, and I say it like this, and I teach it like this. Be so busy in the Spirit, you don't have time for the flesh. You're so full of the Spirit, you don't even have an appetite for the flesh. Best illustration. If you have a better one, let me know. But this is the one I have. But it's a food illustration. I love food illustrations because I love food. So here's the illustration, right? You invite me over for dinner. And on the way over to your home for dinner, I drive by Taco Bell. It's a weakness. I've confessed this. The Lord, Yeah. yeah. The 12-pack uh, tacos, um, they have a variety pack. 
too. With the... And the drive-through, it's so convenient. And of course, when I'm on my way to your place, there's nobody in line. So it's kind of like, I hear this voice, JD. Oh. And I give in. And I go through the drive-through. And I woof down 12 tacos, burritos supreme, chalupa. <laughs> that's, that's enough, that's enough. And then I show up at your place. And here you have made this, I mean, unbelievable, magnificent, delicious dinner. And here I am. (laughs) I am so full. I can't eat another bite. Not even if it's a taco. Get where I'm going with this. Let's flip it around. I go to your house for dinner, and I have a wonderful dinner, and I mean, it was such a blessing, the fellowship, and the food, and the fun. And and then I drive home, and I drive by Taco Bell. (laughs) It doesn't have to whisper. It can, JD, hello! I'm like, no need. I'm full of the Spirit. I have no appetite for the flesh. It's not even a temptation. I mean, it's a temptation before. After? No, I'm full of the Spirit. I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm living by the Spirit. I'm not going to fulfill the Taco Bell flesh, if I can just say it like that. You get the point. That's what Paul's saying here. You know, we've been invited to a dinner, the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's going to be a feast and a celebration. Let's not fill ourselves up with the things of the world, the fleshly appetites. Cam okay, really still convicted, so let's see if we can find something. Oh, maybe a little bit of a breeder here, number eight. Not pursuing dishonest gain. You know what this speaks to? It speaks to the integrity of our financial affairs and our attitude towards money. This is a biggie. The late Larry Burkett, founder of Christian Financial Concepts, used to say it like this. You can tell a person's spiritual condition by the way they handle money. Money is a spiritual barometer. The way you, your attitude towards money, the way you handle money, says a lot about you. First Timothy chapter 6, one of the most misquoted verses in all of the Bible. I want to read beginning in verse 6 through verse 10. Paul says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. True that. That's not in the original, that's in the JDV. (laughs) And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich 
fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. And verse 10, here it is. For the love of money, not money, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I think about this with what's going on in the world right now. And we like to say it like, hey, it's all going to burn. Can't take it with you. What is it about us that doesn't actually believe that and live like that? You would think that somehow we're going to be able to accumulate and take with us that which we accumulate here on earth. It means nothing. It means nothing. How many people on their deathbed, having amassed great amounts of wealth, would gladly give it all away? because it can do nothing for them. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but loses his own soul? Again, money is not evil. It's the love of money. Money is amoral. It can be used for immoral purposes, and it can be used for moral purposes. But the thing with money is, If you love it and pursue it and accumulate it, it can destroy your life. It can destroy your life. I'm going to package the last six on this list together, and I think you'll see why here in a moment. Number nine, must be hospitable. This carries with it the idea of being friendly and inviting to foreigners and strangers. Number 10, love what is good. This is loving what is good and of God and not loving the things of this world. There's a constant tension, this side of heaven, between the world being in it but not of it, the pull from it, the attraction in it. Because we deal with the big three, right? The world, the flesh, and the devil. And sometimes the things of this world can be very enticing. And again, there's nothing wrong with having things in this world. It's not what you have, it's what has you. So we're in the world, we're not of the world, but we're not to love the world or the things in the world, because if we love the world and the things in the world, the Apostle John by the Holy Spirit says, the love of the Father is not in us. James, oh my goodness, he's just, he is so not gracious at all in the way he deals with this issue. You know, you can't blame the guy. I mean, this was the half-stepbrother of the Savior of mankind. 
Jesus, born to Joseph and Mary. Could you imagine that? Growing up in a household where your half-brother was God (laughs) and perfect. I mean, I'd be like James too. He pulls no punches, just tells it like it is. You know what he says about being friends with the world, loving the things in the world? He says, you're an enemy of God. How about that? Boy, that'll preach, huh? Of course, people won't come back. Hold on. I want a a feel-good sermon. (laughs) I'm not talking about you, of course. Tell me what I want to (laughs) hear, not what I need to hear. No, we need to hear this. You love the world, do you? You're committing spiritual adultery. How about that? You love the world. You're friends with the world. Beware when all men speak well of you. You're too comfortable with the world, the things of the world. You're a dead duck with a capital dead and a capital duck, too. (laughs) You're a sitting duck, too, for the enemy. Ask Peter, by the way. Got a little bit too comfortable warming himself by the fire of the enemy, and he denied the Lord. Self-controlled. This has the idea of being sober-minded and taking seriously the things of God. This by no means means we don't have a, a sense of humor. That would, if that was the case, I'll just leave now because God's got a sense of humor, doesn't he? But there's a time to be serious and sober-minded, take seriously the things of God. Upright, number 12. Again, I just, by way of a reminder, this is a, a spiritual checklist to allow the Holy Spirit unfettered access to that recess in our hearts to search our hearts and see if there be any wicked way in us. Anything that needs to be set right and put in order. And such is the case with this one, upright. You know what this means? Being just and right in our dealings with people. Doing the right thing because it's the right thing. That's being upright. That's walking in integrity. Number 13, holy. This one, kind of like blamelessness, is misunderstood. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, whenever you read verses about holiness, particularly where God says, Be ye holy, as I am holy. I have to be holy like, how am I going to do that? You're not. The Holy Spirit is going to do it. I know this is deeply profound. Holy life, Holy Spirit. But let me try that again, right? The Holy Spirit in you enables you and empowers you to live a holy life. You know how I see holiness? I see it as wholeness. Fullness, not halfness, full, whole, made whole, made holy. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, because faithful is he who began that work to complete it. The last one, self-disciplined. 
I mean, self-explanatory, right? No? Self-disciplined? You know what being self-deceived is? It's being deceived by yourself. (laughs) Again, I know, deeply profound. In other words, you can deceive yourself and become self-deceived, so much so that you believe your own lies, self-deceived. Well, on the other side of that is self-disciplined. You can also discipline yourself. If you can deceive yourself, you can discipline yourself. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) Um, I'm not a very disciplined individual, because, you know, I tried to read the whole Bible in a year, and I made it to January 2nd. I don't, I don't have that discipline, <laughs> right? So how am I going to do that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Answer, you're not. The Holy Spirit is. Galatians chapter 5. We know it well. I'm going to read verses 22 and 23. But the fruit, hang on to that word, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That sums it up. Against such there is no law. Okay, stay with me. Let's talk about this. This is not the gift or gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's something entirely different. Because a gift is something that you're given, that you receive, and you got it. I wish it were. Because then it's a done deal. A gift, I got it. I wish it was a gift of love. God, I need to be more loving. Here's the gift of love. Ah. I'll go down the list. Joy. I need, I need the gift. Of, it's not a gift. It's a fruit. You know the thing with fruits? They take a long time to grow. Years ago, this is on the mainland, we had just bought our house and we had this big backyard and and this fence, and it was just the fence and the yard. And I thought, we need to plant some shrubs. I don't know if you know what arbovitas are. We don't have them around these parts. <laughs> but they're just a shrub. You know, they create a hedge. And it was a kind of a bigger lot. And so I'll never forget this. It's like it was yesterday with 53 of them things. We bought 53 of them things, and I had a a brother in Christ, a friend of mine, help me plant them. That was my first mistake. I couldn't afford to have, you know, somebody do it. So bought them, and there we go uh, to plant them. And, you know, they're less expensive when they're smaller, right? Because if you buy the bigger ones, you pay through the nose for those things. So couldn't afford it, so we bought the the little baby, little itsy-bitsy arbovitas, all 53 of them, and we planted them. And then after they were planted, I I stood there in my backyard, and I'm looking at these things going, they're really small. (laughs) I, I wish they would grow faster, 
So I went out and I bought Miracle Grow. No, I, I did. I, I bought lots of it actually. And you know, I. I don't follow directions. Come on, guys, right? We don't follow directions. You know, in the back it says, you know, for this amount, you use this amount. And you go, no, I'm going to double it. Oh, man. God has protected me from me so many times. So here I am spraying this miracle grow on them and watering them, and I'm yelling at them, grow already! Years later, we move here. <laughs> I happened upon photos of our house on the mainland for sale. This is when it was sold the next time. And it had pictures of the backyard and my arbovitis. <laughs> they were like 15, 20 feet high. Of course it was 20 years later, you see where I'm going with this. I'll try not to be too silly in my illustration here, but you get the point, right? It comes with time as you grow in grace and mature in Christ. Would you agree with me, for those of you that have been walking with the Lord for any length of period of time, you know, maybe some for over 20 years, 30 years, and you look back, on, on, don't do that too much, because it's so disheartening, right? <laughs> Man, oh, I was horrible. Yes, you were. <laughs> but you've matured spiritually, and now the fruit has grown. You're more loving. You're kinder. How about this one? You're, you're more p p p patient. I don't care how much miracle grow you buy for that one. <laughs> that one grows really slow. It's kind of like that prayer, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. It's fruit that grows. And it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I would just encourage you in closing, again, allow the Lord. Search your heart. Search the areas in your Christian life that need to be set in order, because now's the time to do it. Get your affairs in order. The Lord's coming back, and it's sooner than any of us, myself included, can even begin to realize. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The Apostle Paul wrote the book of Titus after he was released from prison. One of the themes we read about is how belief impacts the decisions you make. Paul had immense faith in God, and that even impacted his attitude in the midst of difficult circumstances. Oh, to have that kind of belief... If you haven't yet found a church home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of comfort and support and, most importantly, faithful prayer warriors. Church is a place you can serve and encourage others, too. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join our church family. 
At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there. This is a great tool to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. Again, that website is calvarychapelkaneohe.com. As we continue to study wisdom from the book of Titus with Pastor J.D., we hope you've been encouraged to live out your faith in a new way. We encourage you to keep diving deeper into the Word, and we hope you'll join us next time right here on In Spirit and Truth.